You're listening to Marketing Major at Josh and Mo, a podcast created for students by students who are curious about marketing. All right, so welcome back to our listeners for another episode of Marketing Major. Uh, we have some pretty big heavy hitters in the social media game today. Uh, so we have Linda Huang. She's a social media influencer and also a strategist with her own company. Uh, she's also a foodie, a cat lover, and has her own podcast called Social Media Guru. So quick plug for that for anyone interested in social media. It's actually a really good podcast. And we also have Jill Sunquist. Uh, this is her second time on the show. <laughs> she's our VP of Communications for Yama and also involved as the VP of PR with RMBS. And she's a lover of chicken wings <laughs> and also traveling. So those two go hand in hand. Uh, and then she's also the social media coordinator at Zag, uh, which is another marketing agency in Edmonton. So welcome, Jill and Linda. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So Linda, we'll start off with you. Um, just for our listeners, can you bring them up to speed on how you kind of got where you are today? Yeah. So my official title right now is I'm a social media strategist, owner of my own company. It's called Linda Huang Digital, uh, where I primarily do social media consulting, training, uh, and then partnerships, influencer partnerships with different companies. So I have always, it feels like always, had a blog. Um, and over the years, my my blog has gone from sort of this online personal diary to more of a still a personal diary, but very public, more strategic. I'm very intentional about what I write about. Uh, so over the years, it has become like a food and travel lifestyle guide that a lot of people end up visiting and using. So, um, yeah, I kind of feel fortunate that I get to work on both sides of that social media spectrum. So I work with clients on how to use social media, how to use it effectively. And then I also work with companies as a social media person or personality. Um, and then, yeah, I have the podcast. Um, it's actually called Don't Call Me a Guru. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what did I say? I said Please social don't media call guru? me a guru. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so I just have guests on there uh, where we talk about social media strategy in different industries. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. My background is in TV broadcasting and journalism. So it's actually not really social media related, uh, but kind of that one thread that's been with me throughout my schooling and career uh, is that I've always had my own blog and a pretty strong personal uh, presence. And then kind of everywhere I went, uh, increasingly the need uh, and demand for someone who knows how to use social media strategically uh, was there. And then I kind of just went into that role. How would you say you started off like the blog or like started getting into social media and that whole world? I mean, I was honestly, I was probably like 12 or something. I was young. So it was really more just I, I, I had a computer at home, the family computer, and I was kind of tinkering around with whatever the new network was. So like Zanga and LiveJournal were kind of my original blogs. Uh, and then I started getting, I, I had my own website um, and it kind of grew from there. But it was really more just because I was always interested in technology. And then as I got older, these different networks started to appear. And I was usually in my friend group 
group, the first one to download an app or the first one to sign up. And then I would kind of figure it out before everyone else did. Uh, and then, and then it just worked out that then it became an industry. <laughs> so, so you were ahead of the curve. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> I was fortunately uh, ahead of the curve. Now I think I'm like, now I'm just trying to catch up with all of the TikTokers <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Yeah, we had uh, Paige Simpson on uh, the show oh, nice. as well, and, and she worked with you at Calder Bateman, and yeah, she had a similar story too, where she was the one that got on early with like blogs and doing social media, and then mm-hmm. that just kind of led her to get a, like an internship at Calder Bateman. Oh, 100%. I told her that she stood out when she interviewed with us because she had written blog posts that caught our attention and that included us. And yeah, so it's it's a great strategy for students that want to make connections with people that are actually working in the industry too. Yeah, definitely. And she, uh, I asked her if you had any sayings that you're known for around the office and she asked uh, me to have you explain what is dog splooting? <laughs> dog splooting? <laughs> I think my dog, my dog splits. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so I used to bring my dog in when I worked at Calder Bateman. My dog Olive, I would bring in, and some dogs they're usually small dogs. Corgis are very famous for it, but beagles do it too. But they sploot, which means that they kind of lie flat on the ground and they have both their legs in front of them flat, and then both their legs out flat. So it just kind of. Oh yeah, so, that's so what my dog does. The is you're like you're splooting when you're entirely facing down on the ground, arm stretched. <laughs> I've I've definitely done that a couple of times myself, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so I don't think she knew what splooting was before she saw all of doing it. Well, I wanted to start off like the serious part of our conversation, talking about um, the social media coordinator and kind of the bare essentials of um, doing social media as a career. So for you, Jill, what's your role been like as social media coordinator and how has it kind of grown over time? Well, so I started at Zag a few summers ago as a social media intern, and that was kind of, that was a very entry-level role. So I was just kind of writing content for clients, which was great because you can kind of just jump right into it. But now it's kind of evolved as I've started looking into the more analytic side of it. So you can kind of see the results of what you're doing, which is really cool. It's less about the production, I think, is how my role has um, evolved a bit. So yeah, I guess seeing the results of what you've been putting out is really cool. So My role right now, we have a certain amount of digital clients so that we do the social media for. So I write their content calendars usually each month. Um, So that takes some time. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then, yeah, you post it and then, yeah, it's really cool to see the analytics and see kind of how it did. So how far in advance are you doing something like a content calendar? Well, it depends on the client uh, and it depends on how much content they actually need because some are just more casual, but some are like every day. So it does depend on the client though, because some do calendars and some do just like on the go, like daily posting. But I'd say typically a few weeks in advance or if it's like a rush, maybe like a week. Did you have any expectations going into like a a job or internship in in social media? And if so, um, what were they and... And what really differed from your expectations? What surprised you? Yeah, so I started at Zeg before I was even in business, actually. So I honestly didn't know anything about marketing. I hadn't even taken a marketing class yet. So I kind of just went into it not really having any expectations, which I think was probably a good thing. But I think something that surprised me, and I think that would surprise a lot of people about social media and like working in 
social media marketing, I guess, is how much work goes into it. Because I think people think like, oh, I have Instagram, I could do it. They're like, oh, I post on Instagram, easy. But yeah, it's it's a lot of planning and a lot of perfecting because especially on the agency side, when you're speaking for other people, like when you're posting for a client, um, you're representing them. And so you want to make sure that message is consistent and it's, you know, what they want as well. Um, there is some degree of creative freedom that comes with it and that depends on the client. But yeah, it's not as I guess, free as some people might think. It's not just, oh, I'm posting whatever. So yeah, there is a lot of planning. Um, and yeah, I guess that was just my expectations or how much actually goes into it. Would you agree with that, Linda? Yeah, 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 I think so. So I think probably a mistake that companies do often is that they give the social media role to, you know, someone who's young, someone who's fresh out of school, someone who was born with or grew up with social media kind of stuck or attached to their hand on their phone. But for the most part, people who use it, use it casually are not thinking a week ahead. They're not, they don't know what they're going to post in a month. They don't know what type of content performs well like on their account. Uh, they're not measuring, so they're not analyzing it and measuring it afterwards. Um, they're not, yeah, they're not maybe not being as thoughtful uh, with their social media posts. And I think once you get into, if you're working for a corporate or an agency, depending on how many clients you might have and how, and, and I guess where you're at at seniority wise, uh, there could be lots of layers of approvals. Uh, and that can be quite frustrating in social media when things have to move quite quickly, um, but you might be stuck waiting for someone to approve uh, your caption. Um, so yeah, and then there's there's little nuances, but the content calendar, yeah, I mean, that would be, no one, I don't think regular people are planning their content on their social media. <laughs> Definitely, not. Right? Definitely not planning. Oh, really? Yeah. But like, but even, so for me, I am like, even when I'm a regular person, but because I do a blog and I have this personal brand, I, I do know what I'm posting on December 1st and December 10th. I have things in mind already. I've got drafts going. And that's just like a small subset of what you would be doing if you did it for an agency or for a company. So it's just much more work than, than the posts um, that you actually see in the feed. It's oh, very eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering too, Linda, like what are some key lessons that you learned while you're working in agency too and like in terms of social media in that kind of realm yeah I mean I think for people coming into working in a social media role well knowing that the amount of planning that goes into it um that you wouldn't uh understand or or I would have known before I think uh the tone and the personality is is pretty big so probably a lot of um I think by accident a lot of company social media accounts end up sounding a lot like the person who is running it um and that can be good or that can be bad depending <laughs> depending on who you are and how you write and how you talk um so so just the nuance of knowing uh what, how you'll shift the tone. And then I've even found, uh, especially if you're working in an agency and you've got lots of clients and you're doing their social media, you want to very much intentionally change how you write anyways. Even if you're, all the accounts are happy or all the accounts are positive, it's like you can't use the exact same emojis or the exact same style of link or something because it comes becomes very clear um, when the same person is posting on all the accounts. And you don't want that. Um, and I don't think people want that. Um, yeah, I think 
uh, in an agency setting, uh, the fact that you're switching from client to client, I think is, is, is a challenge. Um, and I think probably to the detriment of the client, I think the client pro- usually in those cases, um, you're, you're getting, uh, you're getting split attention, split focus. So it's not, it's not ideal, but that's kind of that's how the agency works. You've got lots of clients and you need to uh, designate time and, and shift from one to another. So there's um, time management uh, and workload management that uh, that can go um, into that that people might not expect. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Jill mentioned the measurement and the analysis side of it. Um, I think that's probably uh, not something that people would be used to either. You put out your social media post, it's out there, maybe your friends like it on your personal account, um, but on an agency or from a social media marketing perspective, you do need to make sure that you can uh, see, did it perform well? What what are you defining as performing well? What are you going to use that information for? Are you going to change how you post next week because of um, how this post performed? Um, So just more, I think, layers of things that that you have to know. I think advice-wise, I always, uh, I'm always surprised if people are working in social media, but then aren't really active or aren't really into it in their own personal uh, lives. Um, so I find that I discover uh, new features first when I'm using my own account. I, I find um, I, I have found a new way to do something uh, from my own account because I see another person that I'm following using that. And then you can take those and apply it uh, to the company or the client that you're working for. Um, but just to kind of stay ahead of the curve um, and then be on top of what the new platform is or what the new trend is. Not necessarily that you might use it, uh, but just knowing it. Um, I would say in the last six months, the number of clients or potential clients that have mentioned TikTok to me um, have like skyrocketed. You got to get on it. (laughs) Well, and it doesn't necessarily mean like, yes, you should go on it or yes, you should start an account. Um, But the fact is, if you're working in social media marketing and that is kind of the platform that's getting all the buzz right now, you should know some level of information about it to to properly communicate um, and then maybe explore further if that makes sense for your client. Yeah. So when we talk about trends in social media, then like is TikTok <laughs> obviously like one of the bigger ones? Um, I would say yes, right now, or at least from what I'm uh, I'm seeing, I, I think TikTok. I think I think influencer marketing has been a trend for several years, um, but I don't think that it's going away. So I think the last stat that I saw was like 2020 companies around the world are expecting to spend over 10 billion dollars on influencer marketing, and that I think a lot of that is towards like celebrities and that sort of thing. But h- huge locally and micro influencers and and smaller companies trying to reach out and partner with people. So I think we're going to see more of that I'm also seeing a lot more like long captions so like really long wearing my heart out on my sleeve (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and I think that's that's I think what that indicates is just more this trend of trying to trying to which I think maybe negates it but trying to be authentic or more authentic or trying to be more honest uh, about who you are or who your company is or the values of your company and and whether or not people uh, like that or, or that speaks to them. But, uh, but I'm, yeah, I think in terms of platforms, TikTok appears to be, uh, the one that, that is rising quickly. Although Instagram as Instagram does is copying, (laughs) uh, TikTok features. So maybe, um, maybe that'll cut TikTok's legs. Is that the phrase? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like (laughs) cut that growth like it did Snapchat. Um, but yeah, those are the few, those are a few of them. I think, I don't think influencer marketing is going, uh, anywhere anytime soon, even if people, 
And I just, I feel like every week I have to convince someone the value of influencer marketing. Um, and, like, and people who work in the industry, I'm like, I shouldn't have to be explaining this to you. Um, but yeah, but platform-wise, TikTok. And I think actually maybe what that means, um, I think why TikTok is is rising so quickly and why people are so interested in watching these TikTok videos is just how creative and fun and like entertaining the content is. So hilarious. Hilarious. Some of the funniest things it's I've so seen. So funny. And like and you're looking and you're like, wow, I can't believe they came up with this. Like right. these people, they're so high school kids. They're so witty. Um totally genius. Uh so maybe what that actually speaks to uh is is just this more creativity, more kind of being goofy and silly and laughing at yourself a bit um and how agencies might be able to to do that with themselves. Cool. Uh and Jill, you haven't been doing it for as long, but you're more involved in the like analytical technicals back end side of it so um in the few years you've been doing this like what's changed or what's not the same as it used to be when you first started off well there's been a few changes i guess platform wise um with the different channels that you can use like facebook is always updating um but one thing i think more recently that we've seen is that instagram took away the viewing like counts mm-hmm. um so i think that i mean you can still see your own so you can still do all your own like analytics and stuff but it is getting harder to compare to competitors and um, yeah, and just kind of seeing relatively how you're doing. But yeah, I don't know. I just recently started doing analytics. Um, so I think that was the biggest change that I've seen recently. No, it's pretty cool. Like I've never thought about when thinking about social media that all these social media agencies or anybody in the, in the social media side of the agency has to kind of keep track of how these platforms are continuously changing and making because we that's not something that's in their control at all so because you have to kind of always keep your head up and keep adapting to how they change because that might kind of change your entire process or like your approach to your job yeah a little bit how important are like um the social media management applications that you guys use like what was that like when because you guys do use sprout social yeah what was that learning curve like initially how in-depth does it go maybe explain sprout so Sprout is a platform that you can manage different social media accounts on. So we currently use it. And so you can have it split up into clients and then it has their different accounts linked to it. And through that, you can schedule all the posts, which is really helpful. So you can get your whole uh, content calendar and then kind of just pop it in and it'll send them off when they're ready. And you can also look at reports so you can do analytics through there. It's not as in-depth, but you can get a general idea of, and kind of just a quick look at how things are performing. There's different tasks. So if you're working with a team, like our social media team has three people on it. Um, so you can uh, assign different, oh, I guess the main thing that I use it for is the messages that come in. Um, so for different clients, there's different levels of engagement that you get. Um, but we work with one fast food company so there's a lot of messages that come in and a lot of like posts that are tagged in so it's a good way to like look at through those and manage them and see which ones are worth engaging with and how to respond to them so with that you can also assign tasks out based on those messages so if I'm like hey this person may be better at responding to this or like if we need to tag that we've escalated something to our client services team you can kind of just keep track of it there but yeah that's you can also look at reviews and stuff but we don't use that through Sprout as much um but yeah that's kind of what we use it for linda do you use any sort of similar services like that um i used sprout when i was at calder bateman uh, and i had done social media when i was um i did social media for nate many years ago and we i don't know if they're still using it but we had used a social media management 
and monitoring tool called Brandwatch. So Brandwatch and Sprout, I think, are, are both great. I, I actually love Sprout, and I've been sad since I've gone out on my own because it's a lot of money per month, <laughs> and it's not necessarily something that, that I can justify right now. Part of my business model is that I don't want to manage many, many social media accounts, but that is where Sprout would come in handy. And then I could, in theory, like offset some of the costs with these different clients, but I don't want that. So I don't get to have Sprout sadly. <laughs> right but that's the amazing part too, is that, I mean, you mentioned even just having to stay on top of things. I mean, I haven't used Sprout for a year now. Um, and I had just had a call with one of their reps last week to talk about some new features that maybe I'd be interested in. And I was like, it's only been a year and they had all of of these new features. And I was like, that makes it so much easier. But I do find for the most part for the clients that I that I am helping, um, and even for my own account, uh, I'm doing I'm using the native app. So I'm, I'm logging into Facebook, I'm logging into Instagram, I'm logging into Twitter, I like posting through the platform, the, like the original uh, platform, I find that sometimes depending on what third party tool you're using, things don't translate as well. I did actually also ask that Sprout guy last week, oh, have you changed it so that people can tag users in photos of tweets uh, that, that we schedule? And he's like, no, we can't do that. That's like a, like a Twitter uh, thing they won't let us do. So that, so that like would turn me off. So because I use tagging of users in photos strategically, and if I can't do that on this third party tool, then then that's one of the reasons why, why I might not uh, want to use it. So I think in general, if people are using uh, third party management tools or monitoring tools, like it can make it can make reporting really easy. It can bring in and tally up and do all the math that you maybe don't want to do manually, which is great. But I think there's something to be said about knowing how to do things manually, too. And and there's some things that you wouldn't necessarily get in a third party tool that you would get uh, through the app itself. I think for a lot of uh, even small businesses or people starting out or even just like regular individuals who are curious about their analytics, uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter all have free analytics that you can look at um, that are pretty interesting. Do you ever feel like either of you like burnt out of like constantly being on and posting about like the next thing all the time every single day? I think for me that might get exhausting like over time of like you're always having to be on especially as like a company if you're because it's kind of like a train like if you're going to be on social media you got to be doing it all the time whereas like once you get off that then you, you don't have to do anything but it's like you can't halfway do it. Yeah, I think there's a balance um, for sure. I think social media burnout for a lot of people that are working in social media marketing is very real. Um, I think it depends on the industry or the company as well. Like you'll see a lot of the really big companies like WestJet or Air Canada or Shaw or Telus, um, they do have times where they sign off and they're like, hey, we're done for the day. If you message us, we're not going to reply until the morning. Um, so I think that isn't always or that can't always be the case for all companies but but depending on your business you can try to set that um but definitely there there it leans towards that you do have to be um on all the time and i think you just have to know um or try to take your own breaks or turn off your own notifications from a certain time if that's you know if if it start starting to stress you out uh too much and i think you know you said you can't like half do it i think probably a lot of people do half <laughs> do it um 
and then I think that's where you don't necessarily see as much growth or as much engagement or as much uh, progression for companies um, that are only half half doing it because of resources or time um, or whatever that might be. Uh, but that is the reality for uh, for a lot of them. That makes sense. I was going to ask to um, we had Colin Christensen, who's like a content writer at FKA, come on, and he was talking about at that time how a lot of clients would still think of social media as something that's free. But do you guys really see the notion that social media is like free or how much how much money do you guys put behind like paid advertising on social media? Generally, in almost all of my clients that I've had, I try to recommend some type of paid component um, to their social media plan. Um, and that that can completely range. So uh, when I was at the agency, I had clients with paid budgets as low as like a hundred dollars a month um and then i had a client that had a million dollar paid social budget for like three months and i'm like whoa that's insane that i think is very rare (laughs) and would not be the norm Uh, but i think usually you're trying to convince and or and it's not even the client that you're trying to convince Um, i mean jill you mentioned you're you're primarily organic but like I, i i found um that you do have to end up working closely with your media buyer. You have to work with, you know, your page, uh, PPC, pay-per-click specialist. Um, And it's really kind of just trying to convince everyone what should get the biggest chunk of that paid budget and why. Um, But a little bit of paid social can go uh, such a long way. Like I think um, I did a $10 boost for something a couple weeks ago and it got an additional like 200 likes and 30 comments and it was only $10. So really, I mean, it still needs to like, it's the content still needs to be good or the photo needs to look nice or whatever it is. Um, but on social paid, uh, just even a little bit of a paid boost can, can take you quite far. Um, just keeping in mind if you, if you are doing this, um, or trying to do this for a living, uh, then you also don't, um, just want to throw money at something. You need to make sure that the audience is right the targeting is right the message is right that sort of thing we've actually seen that with one of our clients recently um we've started uh posting memes and we're just trying to get like the follower count up uh, so it's part of this whole strategy and we boosted one post just to test it out and it got an additional thousand likes so yeah it's it's i definitely agree with you and it can go a long way just getting it right in front of you know the right people, the right people totally yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah how do you like quantify i guess like or like the return on that ten dollar investment like how do you first of all choose what's worth ten dollars and what's not and and how do you and like in a month ahead like oh that ten dollars was worth it i think the answer to almost all your questions will be it'll depend on the business (laughs) but uh, um but but that is a strategy that a social media marketer or social media strategist would develop for a company it's okay like this month let's you've never done any paid let's try this much um and and, you know knowing what what is what the client is comfortable with maybe it's ten dollars maybe it's 25 maybe it's 50 maybe you do it once a week, maybe you do it uh, once a month. Um, But then you just kind of at least for so I've done I've done strategies or paid strategies for clients that have never done paid before. Um, And it is kind of going step by step with them. It's this is what you've or how you've performed or the type of engagement, the type of click throughs, the type of return you've had just organic. Um, Now this month we've integrated some paid and then maybe we increase the paid the month after. And now we're going to review everything and compare it to how you did um, beforehand. Um, And then it's also about, uh, so one of the, one of the plans I had done, it was um, 
just making best recommendations on what they should boost based on what type of organic content had performed before. But you can, you can go like, maybe we want to use paid to boost content that typically doesn't do well. I mean, cause it needs that help. Or maybe the strategy is you want to do paid on posts that do already perform well, because you think that with a little more, it'll get a thousand more likes um, from that meme. Um, so, so it, it, works a little less hard um, to get that return that you want. So I think it's just experimenting, I think, is important, but also uh, intentional experimentation and and explicitly saying why you're doing something and, and the rationale, uh, I think, can can make that case for the client and then um, give you something strong to then compare back to. Um, and, and again, it'll always depend. You know, if the goal was to uh, get people to buy a product, but but you got uh, a thousand likes, then maybe that wasn't actually successful because th- there was still zero sales of that product. Um, so it's still just uh, for the businesses defining what they view as success and then making sure that you're trying new things um, to, to reach that goal. And if it didn't work, then tweak it the next time. Um. I don't know if anybody let you know, but I do a a quote of the day on each on each episode. <laughs> it's my little segment. It's my baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting for most. <laughs> so I'm gonna grab uh, just two words from from the advice you just gave, and that's intentional experimentation or strategic experimentation. I think cool. that's really really like valuable and and not only from a social media perspective because that's it's important in, in social media to experiment and find out what works but just like in a general base of i don't know students trying to figure out what to do with their life and you that's try it, just like experiment but, make, but yeah, like yeah but make like sure that it's rooted intentionally in, yes, experiment rooted and, in and try things that you think will work for you and, I love and it. will help out so that's quote mo- of the day most quote of the day most quote of the day <laughs> we're working on a jingle it's coming <laughs> stay tuned 2020 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I think that's the end of our episode. So, yeah, thank you to Jill and Linda for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning in.